back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it the hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie, but yes, it is a uh, it's a takeover. Big 12 media days in session right now as we speak. Got the team down there. We're here in studio in the ATX, so we'll have uh, guests, special guests for you that we don't even know about heading all throughout the show, and we'll get to those coming up a little bit later on. Of course, we're talking a lot of college football, a ton of Big 12 football and Texas football on the show. Uh, we'll also hit some of the other uh, items and headlines in the sports world, even as Dan- Dana Hogerson said, who was on Witch and Zay just last segment. Not a ton going on in the sports world, but of course, we'll bring it all to you and break it down. Uh, before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? Man, you know, excited about Big 12 Media Days. Unfortunately, you and I weren't able to make the trip up there, but uh, we got boots on the ground, and that's always important. But the most important part about it is Texas football. We're closer and closer Mm. to football season happening. And everybody's talking about Texas, but right now, our man Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40. He's up (laughs) on the stage right now. Got the beard going, got a shorter haircut, so it's a different look. No doubt. But I'm excited all about it. And somebody who's part of the Big 12, who was part of the Big 12, he hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Eric Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. Appreciate the intro, as always. Before uh, you go to Patrick, let me ask you this. Uh, did you participate in Big 12 Media Days? I did not. Uh, I never got a You chance. would have been a quote machine. They didn't let me go. That's, that's why yeah. Mac didn't let you go. They ain't let me go. Because they know yeah. Black Stradamus would have been up there preaching to I him. don't understand how <laughs> I didn't make the cut. Even to, Well, you know what? I do understand. We had some great players. I, I get it. You know what I mean? By the time I was a senior, I mean, not only did you know, Sims was starting quarterback. Corey Redding was amazing. All right, Corey Redding yep, still yep, yep. is a kind of just a natural leader, even when he was like a freshman. He was a gr- speaking like a grown man. Mm-hmm. And then we had, hell, by then, Derek Johnson. Oh, yeah. You had Roy Williams. Um, I mean, you had a lot of great players, you know, around. Yeah, but we needed, we needed one more. Hey, man. We needed, we needed our thought, easy like, over there. I, I don't even remember how. I think they only took like three back then. Oh, okay. Okay. I so it might have been took, a small number. Yeah, they didn't okay. take as many. Like I'll three. accept that. Yeah. There was no like other three. way that I, Rod B shouldn't have been up there showcasing his gotta skills. Ask, we got to ask John Bianco, man, <laughs> how Rod B didn't make the cut. Because I, I know John Bianco was there. He's still calling the shots. Yeah. Uh, they had a media relations. So uh, I don't know. I think I think it had to be they only took two or three guys. Okay. Because I'm thinking to myself, I said, yeah, I, Corey Redding, Chris Sims, Derek Johnson, Roy Williams. After that, man, they Rod B not right. one of them dudes. Right, think about it. Uh, oh, especially no too. But you know, Huff Daddy hadn't taken over by then. No, Cedric Griffin. They still some youngsters, and they, and they don't talk like Rob B. Yeah, I don't know. Nasty Nate though. Oh Nathan yeah, Basher. yeah, he would have been up in there. Nasty Nate, Nasty Nate. Yeah, probably was would have been deserving. Yeah. So yeah, I, okay. I, 
and had to expand I'm just it. curious. If it would have been that. five, maybe, I, maybe I'd have made it. Because you know we would have had, you know, the oh, quote machines. Man. And we would have still had clips. Matter of fact, CB would have probably already hit us with the clip. He would have. No, the, no. the one quote that got me in trouble with Mac, and this is probably why I wasn't given a chance <laughs> to go to Big 12 Media Day. Did you go more on Ojimo? Uh, no, I did not. No, I did not. I was actually, it was self-deprecating. I remember saying, nobody catches the ball on my side of the field, not even me. And then, because I was talking about my bad yeah, hands, yeah, yeah. and Mac did not like that quote. He was like, "Do not do that. Don't <laughs> don't talk bad on your skills." I was like, "It's true. I dropped a lot of picks right yeah, here." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he didn't like that. So okay. He, okay. He, he didn't like the the you know the one quote the quote machine back then. Right. This is before social media. This so is now, oh oh he would have loved you. He would have put like, you oh, out yeah, the front. Robbie, get out there. Go ahead. You'd have been the influencer. Exactly. Yeah. But now nah, back okay. then he was like, "No, nah, man, we don't. We're not trying to get a quote machine out there." Okay. So that's that's a good question. I don't uh, know. I never thought about it. But I, well, that, that would have been number one on my mind because, especially, you know, I never got. I knew you back in the day. I knew what chance. you were going through all yeah. the time. Never got the chance. Yeah. Man. Oh, now, now you got me thinking. Like, <laughs> try to see if I can reach out to John Bianca. Like why a didn't random you question. pick me? Man? Ask him like, uh, yeah. Why didn't I go to Big Twelve Big Days to represent Texas? Uh, all right, Ben, who's yeah. always representing. He's one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. Got a hustle spirit. Period. Uh, we don't know what he's paid. But we're pretty damn sure he's underpaid. The idealionaire is Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? Oh, just having a good old day. Good old day, good old time, man. Oh, shout out to Lou. Lou's in the building. Always yeah, good mojo when Lou's in the building. And shout out to you guys listening. 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. And and we're going to try to bring you Sark's uh, session, media session or media availability at Big 12 Media Days live Yep. whenever it happens. So that is our intention. Uh, so we're going to try our best to do that. So we, and, and special guest that you know, potentially could arrive with our crew on the ground down there. And shout out to our uh, fantastic sponsors and partners, Hayes City Store. Ooh, love yeah, me yeah, Hayes yeah. City Store. Uh, man, it, it honestly, at least twice a month, me and wifey hit up Hayes City Store. Smart man. Uh, and when we go, we hit the two for we go for lunch and then we, we get yeah, dinner to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you're supposed it, to do it. You gotta, gotta make, make it worth it. Worth it. Wow, you make it man. worth the experience to go out there, man. Especially for so your boy, um, you know. For yeah, me, yeah, exactly. you driving. It's worth yeah, it. it's definitely worth for it. For me, it's like twenty, maybe twenty, uh, maybe a little over twenty minutes. For I you, I got it's, more minutes than yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Still worth it, though. Right? Oh, for Still sure. Still worth it. No sure. question about it. Um, yeah. So, uh, Hay City Store and uh, One Source Gas uh, helping sponsor the trip, the road trip down there to Big Twelve Media Day. So, shout out to them. We really appreciate uh, their. Uh, partnership. Okay, no so we, like I said, we may be interrupted at any time, which is fine. And have to go off topic, whatever. So just keep that in mind. Um, it's not. It's one of those shows where um, it's going to be a, imp- a lot of improvisation uh, potentially down about, the line, man. and it may be a really good thing. No. Okay, uh, can we first talk about? Did you see Brett Yarmark in his introduction? I did. I did. Did you see him play the Big 12 video? Like to. to Let to everybody base, know what's up. Yeah, the Big 12 video to welcome the new teams twice. Yeah. He's like, oh man, after they got done. It was a nice video. It was after he got done. He's like, man, that was nice. I like that. Play Run it. it back. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> like, Run it. And I was like, is this real? He's yeah. going to run it back like yeah. that? He's that guy. Oh, I, man, I love me some Euromark. I'm yeah. telling you. I love me some Euromark. Too bad it's a one one year deal for us. It is. Yeah. It, it is. Honestly, it is. Because I think. I, listen, I. 
I'm not saying that Texas and Oklahoma would have stayed in the Big 12 if Brett Yormark had have come on early, but Bob Bowlesby, who I like to call the Michael Scott of conference commissioners, <laughs> uh, he he was, you know, in, in my actually Michael Scott was not as boring as Bob Bowlesby, so at least yep. Michael Scott would keep you entertained. Yeah. Um, but in, in my opinion, he just was not suited for the changing for leadership in the changing landscape of college football. Right. right, and I just don't think he was malleable enough and progressive enough with the changing landscape, and that was proven when behind his back a deal was made, all right, with the commissioner of the SEC mm-hmm. to get Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve, and he basically didn't have any idea, and then essentially started calling conspiracy theory toward the <laughs> yeah, he is talking about conspiracy theories toward the end of his tenure, and maybe he was right about broadcast networks and you know the SEC and conferences and, and different brands uh, plotting behind the scenes and breaking contractual agreements, that kind of stuff. Yep. And either way, he, you know, but either my point is, I don't think he was suited for the changing landscape. Remember, he was he was anti. He was vehemently against expansion. Yeah. Yes. That is why he was the wrong guy for it. Yeah. Because like everybody else, you start looking at it and you're saying things are changing around you, but you <laughs> want to stay the same. Yeah. It's, like, it's not you're gonna stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. No, it is. I, I and you're gonna get passed. <laughs> no, I remember in his last Big Twelve media days, I believe, and I'll try to find the quote. You probably remember Harsh because you were there. He said, uh, expansion is no longer an issue. Right. He's like expansion is essentially it's a dead issue off the table. And it was like a matter of fact yeah. point. And then the next thing you know, uh, Texas and Oklahoma announced that they are going to the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was sitting in he was sitting in court hearings like angry. Yeah. And he was basically saying, yeah, like there's there's no incentive for it for you know conference expansion and realignment that you know that it there was no need to worry about it anymore. And it's like, what what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. That's crazy. So so different. Yes. Yeah. And then he obviously alleged tampering. He might be right about the tampering stuff, but we all know behind the scenes, uh, Texas and Oklahoma, we're not going to get into that because it's about Big 12 media days today. Um, They ended up going to the SEC and essentially the Big 12 kind of lost its identity. And now within a year, Mm -hmm. remember, it was at one point a struggle between who's going to be. Um, uh, you know, dissolved as a conference, a major conference between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Yeah. And now that's no longer a discussion. Everybody pretty much agrees. Well, the likelihood of one of or either those conferences surviving, uh, it's a high, much higher for the Big 12 than it is for the Pac-12. Yeah. So, and that's because the Yarmark in just a year, he's has been on the job a year. Yes, yes. Has totally changed the perception and the stability of the Big 12. I mean, the perception of stability. Remember when I said this because of the things that have changed, I told you, I was like, look at the new logo for the Big 12. It's all black now. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get hipper stuff. He's trying to change what the previous regime had, and now he's ready to influence it another way. He's, he is an influencer. Think about where he came from, the world that he came from. I saw today that they're talking about at the Big 12 championship game, they're going to have artists come in and perform. Yeah, halftime show. Halftime show. It's a beautiful It's thing. like a Super Bowl. And they did that actually at, Patrick, was it was the Big 12 basketball tournament? 
Didn't they have like a, it was Shaq that was up there performing? Do you oh, I this? think they did. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it wasn't as publicized. I think there was kind of an experimental phase. Just mm-hmm. kind of yeah, but it was, but it was part Shaq of it. Yeah, and a couple so, other yeah. random artists that they had at Big Twelve, uh, the Big Twelve tournament. Yep. And he's so he, he's man, he's hit the ground running. He put up a list of all the things that <laughs> yeah. he's done. Yeah. Um, and I, I was keeping. I had kind of kept my own list, but my list is not as long as Brett Yarmark's list. But just some of the stuff that he's done already. And one of the ones I think is really intriguing is his um, Rutger Park, his Rutger Park uh, yep. partnership. Yep, he's negotiated a partnership with Rutger Park with to have youth clinics with Big Twelve uh, basketball teams. Like, yep, and I think it's sixth, sixth grade and younger, men's and women's, by the way. Shout out to the ladies too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're gonna have exhibitions at Rutger Park. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Like, I mean, he's because he's. From he's from he's East Coast guy. Yeah, he's yeah, an yeah, East yeah. Coast guy. Worked yeah. with Jay Z. The Rucker is the mecca. Yeah. of all basketball. And if you go and play there, you can play anywhere. And he's trying to bring some hip, influential people. That's the thing that was missing. Bob Bob Bowlesby, look for whatever he did and however he's being remembered right now is one thing. But you said it just a little while ago. He wasn't forward thinking. And you need somebody to bring in a Big 12 that does not have Texas and Oklahoma in it. And they're trying to create their own new brand. This is an yeah. important part it of the, the movement. It, no doubt. Instead of being over there being mad about, oh, man, they're leaving. Oh, You should have been over there trying to say, okay, what can we do to enhance our brand? Because I don't want this brand to go anywhere. That's exactly right. He's he's that's exactly what he's doing. He's rebranding yeah, exactly and reinventing the Big Twelve a post Texas post Oklahoma Big yep. Twelve, which is a I mean that's a Herculean task ahead of him. Right. Uh, he also is now he's got pro days now. By the way, he's got a Big Twelve conference pro days. Yeah, uh, which are going to be nationally televised. Come I on, believe man. he's got the NFL Network involved with this, so that in he addition, said partner. Yes, our partner with the NFL now. So, in addition to yeah. um, the you know pro days they're going to have at their schools, and you'll have, of course, the NFL and their combine. He's going to have a nationally televised conference uh, conference po- uh, pro day, kind of a combine essentially, right? For the Big Twelve, which I is love kind it. of cool. I love it. Um, also, he's arranged to have Big Twelve football and basketball games in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's his goal. I mean, twenty twenty four. That 2024-25 season, that's starting with basketball, and then he wants football games also in Mexico. That's in a little a, bit NFL different style, from Dubai, international right? Games. That's a little bit different yeah. than that Dubai trip. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's just, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some schools have done that on exactly. their own, of course. But he's talking about as a conference, we want to try to make that something uh, that is a, you know, something that's an annual thing potentially yeah. for the Big 12. He also is going to change the, the coverage of the football games, instituting NFL, like kind of live in-game interviews, mm-hmm. um, kind of modernize the broadcast, if you will, and have locker room access and locker room interviews. I love it. I he, love it. He, he had a business summit, actually, in May. Yeah. <laughs> it was about sales. When's the last time you heard that? It was a Big 12 business summit. It was the first ever right. Big 12 business summit. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, sales <laughs> and leadership conference focused on industry topics and different methods in the industry. Mm-hmm. And he's exploring launching a Big 12 bowl game. I mean, yeah. what do you mean? 
What kind of Big 12 bowl game we got? Dude, another Big 12. Don't we have a Big 12 championship game? So now we got a Big 12 bowl game? No, look at it in Mexico. Wow. Yeah. And he's exploring bringing in basketball only members like UConn. Okay. uh, Gonzaga. Okay. Oh, the man is on it. Yeah. And you know he's going to poach some of them Pac 12 members. We just don't know exactly who it is. Oh, they're probably waiting. They'll, They'll probably tell us on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Right after the end, like right at the the very end of it, he's gonna be like, "Poop, I'm out of here." <laughs> he's, yeah. gonna, he's just gonna walk up to the stage and be like, uh, "By the way, Arizona and Arizona State are coming." <laughs> yeah. Drop the mic and, and walk be gone. off. No more questions. <laughs> like, oh, what? no, it's they're gonna shuffle right. him out the back. They're yeah. gonna get him out the back. That is, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's oh yeah, Fat Joe was a part of it too. Uh-huh. I just got in my nose. Fat that that Big Twelve tournament performance. I think it was a show. I'm not sure it was a halftime show. I think it was like a show. Either just outside in general. before, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Part of like a fan fest thing. Fan yes. fest kind of thing. Yes. Thank you. It's a better description. And it was Shaq and Fat Joe. So hey, he's not getting necessarily big time artists. And he did not reveal what artists it was going to be there, right? Not yep. yet. Uh, I don't no. think so. See, I don't know. Made, I, I saw Fat Joe was chilling with Popovich the other day. I did see fat that. Fat Joe's making a Fat Joe's not so fat anymore. Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's Slim Joe. Right. Yeah, he's Slim. Instead high, of Slim Jim, he's for, Slim for, for Joe. For being famous, though. Yeah. He's yes. a bigger guy. <laughs> no doubt. No, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I did see him hanging out there with Pop. Is he a is he a, he's Spurs fan? Just, no, he's just, just, hey, I think he's just like he's yeah, a Wimbin Yama. Goat. Yeah. That's a goat. I'm going to go take a picture with the goat. Yeah, and I'm going to go to Wimbin Yama's game. So I, I, Pop like to think, I like to think Pop was like, is that Fat Joe? Let me get a picture. No, I always want to think, like, does Pop know who Fat Joe is? Like, Oh, you know. Did he recognize Fat Joe? Did somebody say, hey, that's Fat Joe? And he go, oh, that's Fat Joe? I know Fat Joe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I bet against. What, what, what do you do, sir? <laughs> what do you do, sir? <laughs> you look do, like you're military. <laughs> what do you yep. do, sir? That's a great question for Fat Joe. I love that. Uh, you know, getting back to Yarborough to, to kind of put a bow on the discussion. I he has made the Big Twelve a disruptor. They were being disrupted, and now they are a disruptor. Yes, in a lot of different industries and in a lot of different ways. And he's all about the intersection of pop culture and sports. That's why I love him. You talked about it, Harge. He's from a, the, the realm of, you know, the live in music industry, yep. live events. So he wants he kind of the nexus of sports and culture. He's all about that. He's going to make the Big 12 kind of cool. Yep. And that's, I mean, the SEC, of course, is the pinnacle of college sports and competition. We know that. But he's going to make the Big 12 kind of cool. He really yep. is. I, no, I can't wait. That. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll, get a, we'll get our final experience now. Uh, we, yeah. We'll get our final experience, for and sure. then we'll see what, exactly where he's going, and we can say right. we were there for the inaugural, and we'll see how he expands it moving forward. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I, when he first got the job, my take was when you hire somebody for a really big time, you know, higher up, upper level leadership position, you're looking for two types of people, or you know, one or the other. You either want to find, and maybe you can find them both in the same you know, category. I doubt it. You want an alien or a dinosaur? Right. And the difference is, you know, the dinosaur is older, you know, more experienced, knows the terrain, is probably, you know, well-known in their particular ecosystem, uh, is really acquainted with that ecosystem intimately, um, and probably has evolved to that ecosystem. So they're wise, they're ancient but the alien has got probably one distinct advantage over the dinosaur. The alien has perspective, a 30,000-foot view of a new world with fresh ideas, fresh solutions for problems, where people look at 
their world and they say, um, why? The alien says, why not? Right. right. And that's what he is right now. He is, hell, he's so outside the box, he can't, he doesn't even recognize it. Hmm. And you can't put him in a box. So where others in the Big 12, they saw impediments and they saw obstacles. He sees possibilities and opportunities. He's one of those guys. Yep. He's, Elon Musk is like one of those guys. Like he's, say what you want to say about that. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, some possible interviews and some special guests. Coming back right Sark here. Presser. Oh, Sark Presser. Coming yep. up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, uh, Big 12 Media Days, uh, courtesy of our good friends at Hayes City Store. Uh, and, uh, of course, One Torch Cast right here on Board, Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104 Down the Horn. Steve Sarkeesian has taken the stage. He is at the podium, and here we give you Steve Sarkeesian at Big 12 Media Days. Um, also brought to you by our good friends at Hayes City Store and One Source Guest. It's a great time of year uh, for college football. I think any time it's media days, uh, it kind of signifies that college football is right around the corner, and uh, that, that's an exciting time. I think it's a great time for the Big 12. It's a tremendous opportunity. Um, I really love our football team. I love their mindset. I love where they're at. Uh, I know that uh, there's been so much talk about the SEC and what's happening in 2024. Uh, but I think one thing that I love about this team that we have this year is their focus on 2023 and this opportunity we have here in the Big 12. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a season, great competition. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Longhorn Nation. Uh, season ticket sales being sold out in June, over 68,000 season ticket sales. I know there's a lot of excitement in the air. I know we're excited as a team, our, our coaching staff, our players, and I want to commend our players, for, like I said, for their commitment. Uh, they, they've, they've bought into this thing, and more than they've bought into it, they've elevated it. There's high expectations within our organization, and uh, we're looking forward to September and putting it all on the field. Again, we'll open it up for questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand and make sure to state your name and affiliation when you're called on. We'll go to the far left. Four from. Um, Danny Davis, Austin, American Statesman. Steve, talking about that SEC talk, do you expect this season at all to be awkward, um, just kind of going through it with the SEC talk and your exit? It won't be awkward for us. You know, I can't speak for anybody else. It, it won't be awkward for us. You know, we've got a, a roster full of players who, quite frankly, came to the University of Texas to try to win a Big 12 championship. And we've got one more opportunity to do that. And I think our guys are focused on that. And so it won't be awkward from our end, but like I said, I can't speak for everybody else. Who goes center right, second row? Coach, Jared, I'm Edis with the Red Editor Sports. Your last regular season game in the Big 12 is against Texas Tech. Does that game hold any extra weight given that it's a rivalry and how that game went last season? Uh, I hope it carries extra weight because we're, hopefully we're competing to get into the championship game. You know, But the, the reality of it is, hey, We've had some long-standing games with a lot of teams in the Big 12, and we're going we're gonna to embrace every opportunity we get this year. Uh, I, I think it's pretty clear and easy to say, hey, we're going to get everybody's best shot every Saturday. Um, the key to the drill is that we make sure they get our best shot every Saturday, and, and that final game on Friday after Thanksgiving will be no different. We'll go far left for pro. Hey, Coach. Greg Rubel with uh, BYU Sports Network. Uh, Two-parter. I understand that uh, Kalani Sitake helped host you on your recruiting visit to BYU back in 1995. Do 
you could speak about your relationship over the years with Kalani, and then secondly, even though you've coached against BYU before, will it be special to do it this year with both of you in P5 situations? Yeah, I think Kalani and I do have a great relationship. Um, you know, I'm really proud of him. He's always been a great coach, uh, a guy that I've had a chance to compete against in his days when he was a coordinator before becoming a head coach. Uh, and he's earned a great opportunity. He's done a great job, you know, leading BYU to this point. And, um, you know, we do, stay, we do stay connected and stay close that way. Um, you know, people have asked me before about BYU now being in the Big 12 and, and, and how that'll be. You know, to me, BYU's been a national brand for decades. And going back to Coach Edwards and what he was able to do and some of the great teams and great players. Uh, and so for them now to be in a, in, a, in a Power 5 situation in the Big 12, uh, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for, the, for BYU. I'm happy for uh, their alumni and those players. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, and then we get a chance to play them. You know, I, I'm glad we don't have to go to Provo. I get, we get them in Austin, so that'll be fun. Again, if you have a question, please make sure to raise your hand until microphone holder arrives. Now we'll go to far left, mid-row. Uh, yeah, Nick Moyle with the San Antonio Express News. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve, obviously you're heading into year three now. you got a couple of your full recruiting classes in. I'm curious, how does this year's team compare philosophically with your coaching style compared to year one, and how have you maybe seen that you know, manifest in the locker room and practices? Yeah, I think you know something that we've – in my opinion, we've, we've gotten now going into year three is I think we've got really quality competitive depth on our roster across the board. Um, that our players know when they go to practice every day, the guy in the same line as them, whether he's behind him or in front of him, is probably as equally as talented as him, if not better. And so now, how do I continue to work, to strive, to be motivated, to continue to get better? Because I think when you're surrounded by like-minded people, that's what pushes you to become even better. And then ultimately, when you go to practice, that the guy lining up from across from you is a quality player and a quality opponent. And so again, that's pushing you to be the best that you can be, but that you do it out of respect. Um, I was talking to the team earlier today about how proud I am of the culture that they've developed. You know, it's one thing for me to come in and have an idea of a culture of what I want it to look like and for them to buy into it. It's another, it's another for them to not just buy into it, but to elevate it. And I think that that's what they've done. This team is, is, is different. They have a different look in their eye. They look different on the hoof. They interact with one another differently. Um, I've used the adage, I feel like this team's on a mission because that's the approach they have every day that they show up in the facility. We'll go center mid-row. Coach, Jason Watkins, Hall of Fame Media. Just, uh, you're talking a lot about the, I've seen a lot in the past that you've been talking about this team looking and feeling and sounding like your team. What are your expectations overall for this season? Do you expect to go home with the championship? I expect our team to play aggressive, tough, fast, physical, and smart football every Saturday. Um, if we do that every Saturday, we'll put ourselves in position to be competing for a championship. But that's the challenge that we have week in and week out, is to put ourselves in the best position to go do those things. There's a style of play that we believe in, and that, that there's a level of toughness that's involved, there's a level of physicality that's involved, there's a level of aggression that's involved, there's a speed element involved, there's a football intellect that's involved in all that, um, that we have to recreate 
starting every Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to get ready for our upcoming opponent. Um, I do think this team has the maturity to do that week in and week out um, because I think they hold each other accountable. And when a guy is not doing that, they're willing to step in and they're not relying on the coaches to do that as much anymore. So, um, you know, ultimately, we all, we, we, if you ask any one of our players, they want to be here December 2nd competing for a Big 12 championship. That's simple. Uh, but we have to do the necessary things day in and day out to try to make that happen. Far left, fourth row. Hey, Steve. Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. Um, Quinn went out of his way to tell us in the spring that he was not happy with how he played overall last season. Uh, what did that say to you about his leadership? And how is he handling all the expectations? He's uh, projected already as a first-round pick next spring. Well, I think a couple things about Quinn that, that stood out to me from last year as you go back and kind of assess last season. You know, he came back from the, for the OU game coming off the injury and had a really good football game. And you go, you go read about the quotes that he had after that game. All he did was praise his teammates for how well they played. And then you look at him after we, we don't play great against Oklahoma State and, and we suffer a loss, and he took all the blame. And so I think right then you found out the type of leader that he is. And uh, what he did coming into this offseason is continue just to pour into what does he need to do to be the best quarterback for the University of Texas. And the result of that is we've seen his body composition change. We've seen a level of maturity change. We've seen him really dialing in and understanding schematically what we're trying to do offensively change. Uh, we've seen him, uh, from a morale standpoint, speaking up in team meetings, speaking up on the field from a work ethic standpoint. And I think he's earned, he's earned the respect of his teammates throughout this time and throughout this process. Uh, what I do know is he's extremely talented. Uh, there's not a throw he can't make. He's got a very high football IQ. Um, and if things go the way we think they can go, the pundits are probably right. He is a first round draft pick quarterback. We'll go center right. Coach Lee Harrington with State Line Power 5. How you doing? Great. How are you? I'm all right. So last week, did it surprise you that Texas was picked atop the preseason media poll to win it? And do you feel that's going to be more added pressure on you to deliver in year three in the program's final year in the Big 12? I don't know what the, I don't know what surprises me. I don't know what you guys do at night, man. So you guys are the one that decide who who gets picked where. Quite frankly, and it, it and not to take anything away from you, it doesn't really matter, right? It's how we play and, and what we do. Um, what I do know is I chose to be the head coach of the University of Texas, and our players chose to come to the University of Texas. With that comes responsibility and the expectations that come with that. So we don't shy away from that. We accept it. We have to acknowledge it, all right? And then we push it to the side, and then we get back to the daily grind of what we need to do. And um, I think we've got a mature enough team to, to respect what you guys think of us. Uh, but at the end of the day, now we have to go back to work. Expectations are just that. What will ultimately define us is how we play on Saturdays, and that's what we got to focus on. We'll go to center left midway. Jerry Lee Willis, Jr., the Kai Sports Report. Coach, you've talked about uh, the success of Quinn, but it all boils down to, to the offensive line. Have, have you gotten them to a two-depth situation, and defensively, are they in the same upward pattern? 
Well, I love what we bring back on the offensive line. Uh, you know, last year we started two true freshmen on the offensive line. Kelvin Banks was a freshman All-American at left tackle, had a great year, Cole Hudson at right guard. But we're bringing back all starting five offensive linemen. We've recruited the position well over the last two years, and it's a highly competitive room. We have guys vying for starting spots right now that didn't start a year ago, and that's exactly what we want. We've got healthy competition, and they have to go against a really good defensive front. When you, when you talk about Byron Murphy, Trevondre Sweat, uh, Alfred Collins, uh, the, the addition of Trill Carter from Minnesota, Baron Sorrell. Uh, we've got a really good defensive front that our offensive line has to block every day uh, in practice. Um, but I'm with you, man. You win football games up front, and you've got to recruit big humans to make that happen, and that's something that we've, we've committed ourselves to doing over the last two years and we will continue to commit ourselves to. We'll go to center third row. Sean Gerard, just CBS Sports. How you doing, Coach? Great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, you know, so it was love that shirt, by the way, man. That thing's awesome. <laughs> thank Anyhow. you. Thank you. Um, you know, it was mentioned, of course, you guys were selected first in the preseason poll. It's the first time since 2009 that that's happened. Uh, what do you feel like is different about this team, especially when you kind of compare it to your first two years? Well, I, like I said, I think we have competitive depth at every position. I think we've got great leadership. You know, as much as there's a lot of focus on a lot of the new players that have come into our program, there should be a lot of focus on the players that are in year three with me now. Uh, when I think about Jalen Ford, uh, John A. Barron, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Christian Jones, uh, Trevondre Sweat, Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, I mean, these are, and I'm just naming a few, these are all guys that I inherited when I got here. So I know a lot is made of the players that we've brought in, but we've got a lot of veteran players that came to the University of Texas to win a championship. And they, they bought into a, to a new coach, a new coaching staff, a new style of play, a new culture. Uh, inevitably, they're leaders on our team now, uh, and they get a chance going into some of their, their final season to, to compete for a Big 12 championship. And I think that's their focus. And I think that, in turn, then permeates throughout our locker room, and we've got a locker room full of guys that that's the goal. Uh, there, there's not there's not personal initiatives involved. It's it's about the team uh, and the team trying to go win a championship, and that's where our focus is. We'll go far left in the back. Hi, Coach uh, Emma Hutchinson here with the Daily Texan. Um, now that Bijan and Roshan are gone, uh, how have the other running backs responded and adapted to filling that key area of the team? Yeah, it's, it's a great one. You know, we lost two really good players. We lost two really good leaders. Uh, we lost two really good people in our program that, that are going on to future endeavors in the NFL and, and much deserved. But they were also great role models for some of those other players in that room. And you start thinking about Keelan Robinson, you start thinking about Jonathan Brooks, you start thinking about Jaden Blue. Uh, those three guys spent a year or two with those guys in that room and know what it looks like and know what it takes from a day-to-day -day basis, in-season, out-of-season, how they conduct themselves off the field. Uh, and then with the addition of Cedric Baxter and Trey Wisner, two really good young players for us, uh, there, there's no shortage of talent in our running back room. It's making sure that they're prepared for the grind of a 12-game of a regular season and, and then ultimately, hopefully, games to come after that. And so uh, we feel good about the depth in the room. Uh, there's a lot of maturity. I think Coach Choice does a great job coaching those guys. Um, and I think we'll be in good hands at the running back position. We have one time for one final question. We'll go to the center, fifth row. Steve, Colin Wilson with the Action Network. 
Alabama has lost once at home since 2016. What is the key for this roster? They only travel out of the state twice this year. What is the key for this roster to go in and win at Alabama? Well, like every game, you know, I think we know this, and I, I said this earlier. Everywhere we go, we have to recognize we're the University of Texas. We're going to get everybody's best shot. Alabama's no different. You know, Coach Saban's going to have that team ready to play. Um, we have to make sure they get our best shot. We have to prepare really well. Uh, we have to embrace the moment and understand what that moment is. And we got to play good football. Um, we thought we played them well a year ago. We didn't play well enough. Uh, and so the key to the drill when we go there, we have to play better than we did last time. And I think we can. Uh, I think we'll have the, the mental fortitude to go do it, uh, the mental toughness to go do it, and the physical toughness to go do it. Because it's going to be a physical football game. They're a big physical football team that will be really well coached. Uh, and we have to make sure that they get our best shot just because, just no, we're going to get theirs for sure too. Thank you, Coach. All right, y'all. Thank you. Hook them. There you go. That's uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Coach Sarkeesian on uh, the podium, at the podium, I should say, for Big 12 Media Days. Uh, brought to you by our good friends, uh, the trip down there by all our good friends. Brought to you by Hayes City Store and One Source Gas. That was LHN, though. The uh, the audio you heard was via LHN, so we appreciate them, too. All right, we come back. I'm ready for football. <laughs> we'll come back. Yeah, we want to take the break because I think we may be getting a special guest on the other side. Don't yep. even really know who it is, but uh, anybody from Big Still special. Days. Yeah, they're special. <laughs> they're still special in our book. Right. All right, we'll come back right here. Ball Don't Lie, I want to fall down the horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It actually is midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. I'm not sure. Are we doing midweek movie, movie music? Yeah. Okay. It's a movie. All right. So. The first one, we were a little rushed because we were trying to get to the Sark sound, so I'm not sure I heard exactly what it was. Could you tell us? It was uh, Treat Her Like a Lady. Treat Her Like a Lady. Okay. I don't know. Something about the ladies. Mm, The way they're moving and grooving. I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. I have zero movie interest right now. All right. Man. Um, Okay. Wow. Mm. Okay. It's got probably midweek movie. Mm. Really don't know. I have no idea. All right. That's all right. There, there seems to be a, a um, an era, though, with these songs. Yeah. That may give it away, too. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Man. That thing yeah. you do? Is that thing you do? No. All right. Just throwing it out Good, there. good guess, though. Yeah, just throwing like some stuff out there. All right, uh, midweek movie music. That's when Patrick the Idea and I take songs from a particular soundtrack, uh, and based on the uh, selections that are played, hard you're not supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. All right, uh, we'll get back to some Big Twelve uh, media day discussion here. But that was just Sark on uh, the podium or at the podium, I should say, uh, on stage there at Big Twelve media days, and he uh, was asked about a number of different topics. Anything stood out to you? No, well, I mean, just he was so direct about all of his answers. And Sark normally, you know, he doesn't really sugarcoat a lot of stuff. But him being able to go out there and talk about the team, talked about Quinn Ewers, talking about the pundits, and if they believe that he is a first-round pick, if he goes out there and do the things that he's supposed to, he does have that ability. But the one thing that I was waiting to hear was the fundamental part of it. 
He went back to the basics and mm-hmm. got himself back under uh, the point where he can put his feet on the ground and be able to throw the ball, and he just got away from certain things. That's just me being picky. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Because I know that they have worked on that. But for me, I just wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear it because then there's no there's no mistaking what has happened. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm I'm with you. And he keeps reiterating how much he likes this team. Yep, he does keep, he keep reiterating talking about how much he likes this team because I think this team has been constructed um, uh, to almost every detail just the way he likes it. Fine, yep. t- finally tuned the way he likes it. Maybe not every. A bit of the team, maybe it's like 70 to 85% of it, but he's mostly done constructing the roster the way he wants it. Right. And he's got the culture where he wants it right Correct. now, too. That's why I think he keeps talking about how much he likes the team because he's spending a lot of time with them and he's having fun. Yep. And not only accomplishing the goals, but they're having fun behind the scenes. And that's been talked about. I heard um, Quinn Ewers on with Light the Tower. Shout out to uh, Craig Way and Jeff Howard. You did a really good job on Light the Tower. Uh, go check that out at hornfm.com if you missed it. They talked, man, they had a. A rapid fire session. They had, I believe, Sark, X Man, Jay Witt. They had everybody. Yeah, I want to say they, they had got them, everybody, everybody that went up like, there. Yeah, everybody yeah. that was there. They got all from of Texas. Oh, they got and it, they. Um, I want to say they spoke to Dave Aranda as they well. They did. They did. Right. And Dave Aranda mentioned that he had just lost his father yes. to pancreatic cancer. Yes. And I just lost a family member as well with oh, the same man. thing last week. And yeah. so it was it when he was I was driving when he was saying it and I could just feel his his heart yeah. because we just literally went through this last week. So it it, it it's a tough, tough deal. Yeah. Tough, tough deal. But for him to be able to do that, that's why. Because Craig was like, I guess I'll see you next week over at uh, the Division One Texas coaches mm, meeting. Coaches cl- and yeah. he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to be able to be there because I'm going home for the celebration of life for my father who just oh. passed from pancreatic cancer. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, man, Dave Aranda, I mean, there is no coach speak <laughs> yep. um, in his uh, DNA at all. Um, he doesn't even know the meaning of the term, and he does a great job kind of giving it to you um, really honestly and letting you know exactly what he's thinking. He admits a lot of mistakes, too. I love listening to Dave Aranda. I can listen to him talk all day. Yeah, and the fact that <laughs> fact that you said it, that he honors his mistakes. Like, he he's does. not he afraid to admit it. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I'm, always, I'm shocked that he, he, he <laughs> He's he admitted, so honest. He admitted to uh, that they didn't attack the transfer portal hard enough mm-hmm. after they won the Big 12 title. Um, he admitted some. Of, he's admitted multiple mistakes in his hiring. Right. He's already hired a new DC and a new uh, what OC from any. Yeah, he's had to make some adjustments. Made some adjustments. So I'm a fan of Dave Aranda. This is a big year for him because he's had a kind of a mixed bag so far. No doubt. Won the Big Twelve title, but also a team that um, underachieved mm-hmm. uh, last season, considering the experience they had coming back. So uh, getting back to Sark, though, I do think, and he and he said that he likes the fact that this team is continuing to lift the expectations. Correct. Right? They want the expectations to be high. They're not right? running away from it. They're not yeah, they're not shying away from it. They understand this is Texas. You gotta embrace the expectations. And I talk about it all the time. Um you guys are probably here sick of hearing me talking about it, but the expectations versus the standard. Yep. Right? Don't let your expectations for Texas football affect the standard of Texas football. And this is actually one of the few years in the last on 13 years since 2010 where the expectation actually is at the same place as the standard and they're both really high. 
Yeah. The expect the standard is always the standard. The standard is always high. The standard at Texas is competing for championships, winning double digit games. You got to be in that area to at least be living up to the standard. You're not doing that. You're not living up to the standard. Right. Okay. Doesn't mean you're not a, a team that's getting better. Doesn't mean you're not a, a a good team because hey man, the standard is really high. It is what it is. But don't drop the standard. It is, like I said, been established for a long time. And Texas, the program, has all the resources and has the ability to live up to that standard. Right. They haven't. I'm not saying, trust me, I know that they haven't, but they have the ability to do that. So that's not, you know, that's not lower that just because they are underachieving and they haven't excelled lately because we believe they're going to get there. But this year, the expectation is they're going to win the Big 12 or compete for the Big 12 title and they're going to win double digit games. Yeah. And that has always been the standard as well. So now they're both there. This is rare. Like I said, last time this happened, what, 2000? The last time Texas actually lived up to the standard was 2018. And then the last time they actually had the standard be as high as the expectation is probably 2009. Right. That, but, but even during that time, there were moments where we were sitting there thinking, okay, they could possibly do this. They could possibly do that. But they didn't have the stability in place. This is the most stable team that I've seen, so to your point, since 2009, where you have every single position. You know, he, he went and talked about the depth. They asked him about the depth and, and being able to compete at a high level as your depth is there. And he said this is the most comfortable that he's been. He yeah. said we got five starters on the offensive line back on this team. And not only that, you got a freshman All-American, but you also have Christian Jones who seems like he's been here since Shipley was here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's so been he's been here for a while. Yeah. And even last year, remember, during during the um, senior day, we saw him and all of his family was in front of us. You got you. I think you mm-hmm. even got a chance to go over and talk to yeah. some of them. Yeah. And then we thought they were leaving. Nope. Now they back. They back. Baby. We back. <laughs> which is great for this team, which is great for Quinn Ewers, which is great for the offensive side of the ball. That is the part that I keep – I'm the most excited about. I am the most excited than I've ever been for this offense. Uh, it is. I mean, you got Sark, who's an offensive brain. That's what he does really well. And like you said, you bring back the entire offensive line. But not only that, you've been recruiting so well on the offensive line, as well, if not better than any team in the country on the offensive line the last two years, that you have guys behind those veterans who returned from last year that could be upgrades right. at potential positions. So they're in the rotation. You got a really, you know, a high level O line, or at least the ceiling is really high high Mm -hmm. for that group and we know the receiver room is considered top three best in the country top two in one poll because they're right behind ohio state x-man jay witt ad mitchell k uh casey kane Mm -hmm. uh got jonte cook i mean isaiah nayor the list goes on you got plenty that's why that's why me i'm like let's go and we ain't even bringing up jt JT sanders Sanders is one of the best tight ends in the country too so it's offensively i'm with you The, the ceiling is extremely high and i think that's why sark He's, you know, he's licking his chops. I think he's really excited about what can be possible. But if uh, that's all, and now it's all about Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers yep. returning too. And Texas is one of the few schools in the FBS that return their OC, their DC, their head coach, and their quarterback. Right. Basically all Beautiful. of the most important components, head coach, OC, DC, and quarterback. Six, only six, uh, basically only six teams in the Big 12 return that, which is a pretty high number. That's actually. still huge. Um, that's actually pretty high because 28 teams nationally return all four, head coach, OC, DC, and quarterback, and six of those teams are in the Big 12. Yeah. That's a pretty high number. Jeez. Yeah. 
for stability. We'll get to some of those other numbers, too. Did some uh, digging about the Big 12 overall and really some of the uh, the returning production numbers in the Big 12. We'll talk about the coaches in the Big 12, some of the trends in the Big 12 lately, uh, because it is Big 12 Media Days. Uh, brought to you by our good friends at Hayes City Store and Warren Source Gas. We appreciate their support and appreciate the guys who uh, made the trip down there. Uh, Chad and Zay down there. Uh, my man uh, Craig and Jeff down there working hard, so we appreciate them. My man Cameron working hard for us too, trying to get some interviews. So we'll come back. We'll get back to Big 12 Media Day discussion, but we'll also address some of the other sports topics. There's some other news on the 40 Acres that we have to discuss and also some of the other uh, headlines in the sports world. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.